We love jumping into action, but the very first glimpse of the early church that we get in Acts is preparation. It's an example of how to wait for the fulfillment of the promises of God. So if you know someone who is waiting for something from God right now, who would love to pray with us today, now is the perfect time to share this broadcast. Welcome, I'm Michelle Berkey, and this is Praying Scripture, a weekday broadcast where we use God's own words to honor Him and to talk to Him about the things going on in our life and in our world. We're diving into episode 102 today, and we are praying our way through the second half of Acts chapter 1. But before we get to that, let's open with a bit of worship. Today we're praying or worshiping from Acts 1:24, and it says, Then they prayed, you, Lord, know everyone's hearts. Show which of these two you have chosen. Now, we'll get to this later. The part of the passage that we will be reading today will include this verse, so it'll be explained a little bit more in context. But I wanted to pull it out to actually use it for opening worship this morning. So join with me as we do that, because I feel like the longer I talk, the more I'm going to fumble over my words. So let's just get to prayer. Father, you, Lord know everyone's hearts. And we are honoring you and worshiping you today as the one who knows us, the one who sees us, the one who has the ability to see into each one of our hearts and know what is there. We honor you for that. We worship you for that ability. Certainly we can't do that. We can't even see what's in our own hearts sometimes, but you know, you just know, and we worship you for that today. You also were showing the disciples and the apostles in the early church who you had chosen. And so I also honor you today for not only knowing and having plans for us and having decisions and active participation in the world, but showing us. You're not a God who sits out there and doesn't talk to us, doesn't communicate. And I so appreciate the fact that you not only love us, you want to spend time with us, you want to hear from us. We can do this thing like that we're doing today and pray with you. You want to hear from us. You want to show us the paths that you've chosen for us. And you want to communicate your will and your preparations and your purposes in our lives. And I worship you for that today. Acknowledge that you are the authority. You're you're the one that has control over my life. And I'm sure that there are areas where I have not handed that over to you. So I acknowledge that right now. Open my hands. All that I am is yours. I hold all the things, the plans, the skills, the situations I'm in loosely and ask you to show me the ways that you have chosen for me. As we go on with this prayer time, I ask specifically that I would think clearly and communicate clearly. I feel like I'm fumbling over my thoughts and my words this morning. So help straighten those out so that at least they're understandable. I pray that you would bring any one specific person who you have chosen who needs to hear this prayer, who needs to pray with us today, that you would bring them into contact with this broadcast in some way. This time is yours. Do with it whatever you will. In Jesus' name, amen. We're working through the second half of the first chapter of Acts today, and I want to give you a few things just to note, to be aware of, and these are as much just interesting context as they are teaching. In the verses that we're going to read, we'll hear a Sabbath day's journey, that phrase. And traditionally, a Jew was allowed to walk 3,000 feet or a little over a half mile before it was considered work 
on the Sabbath. So this distance became known as a Sabbath day's journey. When the verses mention the women who were among them, that probably included wives of the apostles. But unlike most Jewish teachers, Jesus had allowed women to travel with them as disciples and financial supporters. That was not normal in his day. And these women were probably also among the witnesses to his crucifixion, resurrection, and were probably in the group that's mentioned here as well. And lastly, according to Jewish law, 120 or more adult men could establish a community with its own ruling council, a Jewish community. And in these verses, it's interesting that we see 120-ish believers about to begin their own community with the soon-to-be 12 apostles as its council. 12 was symbolic of the 12 tribes, the whole nation of Israel. Oh, wait, there's one more thing. The last few verses mention casting lots. Now, this was a culturally accepted way of discerning God's will in a situation at that time in history. What's interesting is that this is the only instance we hear Christians casting lots. There are instances where we hear them talk about decisions later, but all of those come after the giving of the Holy Spirit, which I think is significant. This is the only instance of Christians casting lots to determine the will of God, and it comes before the Holy Spirit was poured out. So let's go ahead and get right into it. I'm going to read the whole passage today. I'm going to read the whole passage so you have an overall picture, and then I'll go back and pray portions of it. So here we go, Acts 1, 12 through 26. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. When they arrived, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas the son of James. They were all continually united in prayer along with the women, including Mary the mother of Jesus and his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers and sisters. The number of people who were together was about 120 and said, Brothers and sisters, it was necessary that the scripture be fulfilled that the Holy Spirit through the mouth of David foretold about Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was one of our number and shared in this ministry. Now this man acquired a field with his unrighteous wages. He fell head first, his body burst open, and his intestines spilled out. This became known to all the residents of Jerusalem so that in their own language, that field is called Hakeldama, that is the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his dwelling place become desolate, let no one live in it and let someone else take his position. Therefore, from among the men who have accompanied us during this whole time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day he was taken from us, from among these, it is necessary that one become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they proposed two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who is also known as Justice, and Matthias. And then they prayed, you, Lord, know everyone's hearts. Show which of these two you have chosen to take the place in this apostolic ministry that Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots for them, and the lot fell to Matthias, and he was added to the 11 apostles. That's a long 12 verses or whatever it is, 14 verses. But that was the passage. And now I'm going to go back and I will pray bit after bit. So let's dive into the prayer. Father, I trust you. I believe that you are with us and I believe that you hear us and you respond. And so today, as I start this process, I just needed to say it to myself. You're with us and I trust you. 
They were all gathered together, continually united in prayer, men and women, leaders, financial supporters, family and friends, and they were all continually united in prayer. And I ask that you would build this rhythm, grow this rhythm in your church universal over the whole world, in every small community church in rural areas, and in large, huge mega churches in cities across the world. Grow this in us, this idea that they were all continually united in prayer. They were forward-facing with their eyes on you. I pray that our churches and our processes and our actions would be led in this way because they didn't talk about that until after they'd prayed. They were continually united in prayer. And then Peter stood up and said that what had to be fulfilled was, but that they needed to replace someone and that you had the perfect person chosen. They did not know who it was. They made some recommendations, but they left the decision to you. And so I ask you to build that rhythm into our own lives. Be in prayer, recognize the need for action, make decisions based on our own skills, positions, talents, abilities that you've given us, gifts, but then put that decision before you in prayer also. It's bookended by prayer. Preparation, we have decision-making and action, and we have prayer as well. I ask you to build that rhythm into our lives. Father, I just ask that whatever is keeping me from being in this prayer, whether it's my voice or the thunder or the storm or the signal, I just pray that you would clear that path for me. Take that out of my mind, out of my thoughts, that I can be fully focused here. So create that rhythm in my life and in all of those lives who are listening. Prayer, action, prayer, and obedience. All of those portions, all of those practices are important, are critically important. I pray that you would build that into us as well, into our lives, and that we would be able to sit in this time of waiting as profitably as the disciples did, as those 120 did. They were waiting. You had given them a command, stay put, stay here until this happens. And I pray, Father, that we would be as obedient as they were. I can imagine how excited they would have been, how engaged with you they would have been. You were promising the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This had been prophesied for ages and ages as the coming of the kingdom of God. And even though it didn't happen the way they expected it to happen, we often don't see your work in our lives lining up with our expectations, but you are the one who knows best. Like our expectations are based on our own experience and our own knowledge, and yours is far bigger, vaster, just more in every sense of the word than ours. So we choose to trust your action. And as we wait for that, as we wait for the things that you've told us, I hope you will find us in prayer with an eager, anticipatory attitude, watching for the work that you have for us, even if it's not the promise. Like you had promised them the Holy Spirit, and yet here they were doing sort of what we might think of as administrative things. Like they weren't completely ignoring the work that you have for them in the time, even though it wasn't exactly the thing that you had promised. They didn't just stop 
what they needed to do. They moved forward as they were in prayer. So as we think about the things that you have told us that we need to wait for, I pray that you would find us in that same mind and heart space of eager anticipation and continual effort and obedience, not ignoring the things in our day-to-day lives that we are supposed to be doing, not ignoring the things that you have told us to do, not ignoring and thinking of them as not enough, like that this thing that we're waiting for is the only important thing in life because it's probably not. There are probably a zillion other small things that are important for us to be paying attention to while we wait in eager anticipation. I don't know who that was for, but I pray that you would sink that message into us, that waiting is an active time, that waiting is more than just conversation with you about it, more than prayer. It is prayer. We should absolutely be praying as we wait continually, but we should also be taking action. We should also be actively pursuing what you have for us. Give us those two sides of those coins as we wait for things. Even if we don't know what we're waiting for, I feel like in our lives, I don't even know what we're waiting for, but I want to go in that direction with active anticipation and prayer and day-to-day obedience as well. Active anticipation and prayer and active daily obedience. Lead me into waiting that way so that I don't miss anything that you have for me. Pray that you would sink this into our hearts in a way that we are unable to forget. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys so much for joining me in prayer today. If you're watching this on the Grace LaGravel Road Facebook page and you find it helpful, we will be back again on Monday. Today is Wednesday. We'll be back again on Monday and we'll be jumping into the second chapter of Acts. If you have someone that you know who would appreciate it, invite them to come along back with you. If you're a podcast listener, subscribing to the show and sharing it with a friend is the best thing you can do to help this broadcast reach more people so that they can join us in prayer. Praying Scripture is brought to you by Grace in the Gravel Road. We help Christian women grow a God-first life and business. And my heart is that as you and I pray together, as we do this twice a week, that we would all grow in our prayer lives, that our lives would be enriched by God using it to direct our hearts and our minds. And I pray that you will fall deeply in love with the God who gave us these words. Amen. Amen.